Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Uh, Robbie Robertson passed away uh, yesterday, age of 80. Garth Hudson is the last remaining member of the band standing, and he was the oldest member of the band. I believe he's 83 now. Uh, Robbie Robertson uh, started off playing for uh, Ronnie Hawkins, and uh, Levon Helm was a part of that. And they all, uh, after leaving uh, Ronnie Hawkins, went on to form the band and uh, weren't around for a real long time, but wrapped it up. I think like late 60s to about the mid 70s. So like maybe a decade they were together. Uh, and I guess what they're best known for was The Last Waltz. Martin Scorsese produced it. It was their final concert. And it's considered by many to be the greatest concert film of all time. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. The way Martin Scorsese filmed it. Um, the uh, the amount of different talent that's involved from the likes of Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan and Neil Diamond and on and on. Although um, I have read a lot of stuff about The Last Waltz because I've, I've always loved it. I've always thought it was terrific and I've been a fan of the band. But there was always something for me that uh, rubbed me a little bit the wrong way with Robbie Robertson in that it always felt to me like even though he was just a guitarist in the band, he wrote a lot of the music, most of it probably. Mm-hmm. But he really wasn't like the lead singer or the standout guy. Levon Helm was the drummer he sang. Right. Rick Danko sang. They all took turns singing, and he did very little of it. And I guess as much as people love the memory of The Last Waltz and think it was this ter- terrific film, uh, many guys in the band didn't like it. Levon Helm has been quoted as saying there was way too much time with camera work spent on Robbie Robertson, long, loving close-ups of him and his heavily made-up face and expensive haircut. So (laughs) I think the band ended more out of it. Now, in the movie, they go on about just being exhausted and too much time on the road. But I, I think there was just a lot of animosity amongst all of them. Gotcha. You know, I mean, Robbie Robertson went on to produce a documentary about the band, and that was quite quite good. It was on Crave and probably still is on Crave. Uh, not that long ago, he did that. Well, one of the great side notes to The Last Waltz, and I've never seen it, but supposedly there is the unedited footage of The Last Waltz. It's a pretty long movie, edited down. Mm-hmm. But because it was this concert with all these different performers, it was like a, a, a full evening of... But I guess there is uh, all sorts of scenes of drug use on stage that had to be taken out. Oh. Like you can see, I think it's Garth Hudson was the keyboardist, or I might be getting that wrong now. Anyhow, uh, like big lines of coke on the top of his piano. <laughs> Supposedly there's a big smear of coke on Neil Young's face that has to be wiped off. What? Yeah, yeah, and supposedly the footage is out there. Really? Uh, I've I've never seen it, but uh, it is a, a terrific documentary. And for all the young journalists out there, and I don't know where this uh, where they got this information, but they're one hundred percent wrong because I've seen it now in three or four different things, and I had to even go look it up myself because I thought, am I wrong? But for some reason, the last waltz is being listed as a Bob Dylan concert film. Featuring the band. And it's Bob Dylan shows up in it, he does a song. Right. But it's a doc it's called The Band's Last Waltz. Yeah. It's not Bob Dylan's Last Waltz. No. But maybe some confusion because he did like Robbie Robertson did play for Bob Dylan 
And he backed up Bob Dylan on a tour for for, for years there in the mid to late sixties yeah. and seventies, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I somewhere down the crazy river was probably my only real connection mm. early on to Robbie Robertson. It's a bit of a weird song through what late eighties, eighties, yeah, early nineties. He talks a lot of it. Yeah. Um. And I, I found this interesting. His name wasn't Robbie. He was born Jamie. Oh, really? Yeah. And why did he go with the Robbie? Uh, for your beloved reason, likely, is that it was his nickname. His last name was Robertson. Oh, They okay. called him Robbie. Oh, now I can't stand him. Sure. <laughs> Forget it's it. It's not like they were in the delivery room and they said, well, what are you going to name this Robertson child? And Robert came up as the first name. Yeah. No. Oh. Jamie Royal Robertson. He should have played hockey. Anyhow, oh, the other thing Levon Helm goes on to say is even though the close-ups on Robbie Robertson and him singing, he goes, his mic wasn't even turned off, uh, turned on. It was oh. off for the whole show. <laughs> and I guess maybe that's why in Somewhere Down the Crazy River, he does, like, it's it's almost like a he's storytelling yeah. rather than singing. Maybe he just wasn't that good of a singer. Hmm. You know, great songwriter, wrote a lot of great tunes. And then the other thing that rubbed them all wrong, too, it's uh, I didn't realize all of this is that the fact that Neil Diamond showed up was only because Robbie Robertson was in the middle of producing a Neil Diamond album at the time. Oh. Yeah. So the whole movie, it seems like, a lot of it anyhow, as much it was meant to show this bohemian lifestyle, it was really all just kind of business between Robbie Robertson and uh, Martin Scorsese. Hmm. Anyhow, if you've never seen it, it starts off, it, it posts up right at the beginning, it says, turn this up loud, and you really should, because... The performances are amazing. I The music, the band wrote some beautiful songs and uh, certainly important to the history of music. And I think you would hear from a lot of different artists and certainly Jeff Woods, who speaks to uh, Robbie Robertson uh, this Sunday on the uh, Classic Rock Sundays with Jeff Woods. He's got an interview he did with him uh, years ago, and he'll air that at 5 o'clock on Sunday. Certainly you would uh, be able to name a lot of artists along the way who were influenced by that group. Um, speaking of musical documentaries, as we're, we're talking about Robbie Robertson, should pay tribute as well to Rodriguez, who passed away yesterday as well. Who's Rodriguez? Uh, do you remember the, the documentary Searching for Sugarman? Mm-hmm. It was uh, released oh, in that one guy. 2012. It was the one guy who was born in, he was like a star, had one hit in South Africa. Yeah. And then the radio DJ there decided to find this guy. Yeah. After he'd basically disappeared. And they found him like working construction and out of, in and out of work in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I and, remember that. Uh, and he had long left kind of the musical scene. And they said, well, dude, your, your song's still a hit in South Africa. Mm. And they kind of reinvented his career. And, uh, and so his name was, uh, Sixto Rodriguez. And he, uh, he passed away yesterday as well, the age of 81. Uh, are you going out on a first date anytime soon? Have you recently had a first date? Maybe it went really well or maybe not so well. The idea of going out on a first date or any dates seems to me at this stage, and certainly, uh, if I had to start dating, if someday Maria just said, I've had enough of you and, uh, and I was out and single, the idea of getting to know somebody, <laughs> showing interest <laughs> enough and finding out about their life seems so draining. Wouldn't you know most of that before you go on the first date these days though now? No, maybe. Like through all the, uh, uh, online and profiles and maybe digging and searching you can do on someone. 
Yeah, it, it seems like all too much. Anyhow, if you've got a first date coming up, uh, they say, whoever they are, says the uh, ideal first date should last two hours and 43 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Got to cut it off. Got to go. If you're going, uh, if you're doing dinner in a movie or taking things back to your place to Netflix and chill, eh, that might be about right. Two hours, almost three hours. But if you're just grabbing coffee or something, that seems like a little too long. Right. The dinner and movie one was always kind of weird because, like, you don't talk during yeah. the movie. Which might be good, I guess, for some Maybe. days. Maybe. Yeah. It is does seem like an odd one. Does to me, meeting for drinks. Meeting for drinks seems to be the perfect. Yes. Or, or instead of doing dinner and movie, do movie and drinks. Mm-hmm. Right? So that way, after, you've got something to mm-hmm. talk about already mutually in common. You just saw a movie together. Yeah. Right? It could be after the dinner. You don't want to sit next to this person for another two hours. Yeah, I would think a first date, uh, dinner and movie or anything that takes a lot of time is probably too much. Mm. I really think the coffee mid-afternoon or the drink in the evening is really the way to go. Right. And do it somewhere like quiet, like on a patio at a pub or somewhere so you can actually talk to each other. Yeah. And get to know one another. Go to a Jay's game. (laughs) That's... Although that's probably longer than two hours and yeah. forty three minutes. You wanna bore your date to death? <laughs> well, at least at least there's something going on if the conversation gets slow. True. Yeah. Um The most popular first date idea, even though we say it's not a great idea, is a dinner and a movie. But what the hell do we know? We've been yeah. right. off the market for don't talk to us. It's like talking to a priest about marriage. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, but then grabbing drinks and having coffee is okay. on the top of the list. So, okay, yeah. we're not far off. Um, when a date doesn't go well, we're most likely to blame the other person. Well, of course. Uh, being nervous is our top excuse for causing a date to go south. That's followed by looking at our phone too much, having one too many drinks, and making too many jokes. Mm. When we blame the other person, our top reasons include they didn't look like their photo, they made inappropriate comments, they showed up late or left early, and they talked about themselves way too much. Gotcha. I would think one place to avoid would be places that either of you are familiar with or, or know too many, no people at. Yeah. Right? Like if you're going to go to your, your main pub local, yeah. then you're going to run into a lot of people that are going to come and interrupt the conversation. And you might think it's a good thing because it can build you up, making you look sure. making you look popular. But then you're gonna have one buddy who's like, "Oh, who's this chick now?" Yeah, versus <laughs> this one, third one this week. <laughs> or she might just think you're a bar fly and right. you got like a just a real drinking problem. Right. You're here a lot, aren't you? And on the flip side, I mean, you can imagine if if their friends kept showing up and interrupting. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's your ex. Great. I I uh I would uh, take a first date to like a family reunion and I would introduce her to my dead grandmother's wedding dress right away. And I'd say, "Am I moving this along too quickly? Are you having a bad hair day?" Every now and then, right? Things don't quite go the way you want them to. Well, you can blame your parents. That's right. It's all based on your genes. The uh circular pattern of hair at the crown of your head is called your hair whorl, W-H-O-R-L. Like whirl, but whorl. Okay. Boy, just the difference between that I and O. Really makes it tough, yeah. Yeah. Whirl. 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 It's like in uh, 30 Rock. Remember the show 30 Rock? Yeah. 
there was a, a, a few episodes that revolved around one of the cast members uh, doing a dramatic movie called The uh, Rural Juror. <laughs> and nobody could say it. Right. The Rural Juror. Anyhow, so that little bit of hair at the crown of your head that swirls is, I guess, where all the other hair comes out from. Right. So just like finger, uh, fingerprints, your hair whirl is unique. Um, like which hair points in what direction and whether it goes clockwise or counterclockwise. And experts, I guess there are experts in hair whirl, um, say that they used to think they were determined by a single gene. But now it's been found that they're actually controlled by multiple genes all working together. So in other words, you're, if you have untamable, crazy, cowlick-filled hair, you can blame your mom and dad. Right. It's all in the genes. I think there's a, like a hierarchy among the genes. They, they look at each other and like, oh, here's a hair world. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I keep the heart going. <laughs> Whatever toenails. Yeah. Right. Probably. The pinky toe. Yeah. Way down on that list. Yeah. 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 But can you imagine going without your pinky toe? Right. Just, tr- you know, it, it's the little things of our body that we never really take uh, a moment to notice, but when they go away, mm. like eyebrows are a great example. You never really think of eyebrows. You know, occasionally you get them plucked, get them cleaned up a bit. But if you ever see somebody without eyebrows, yes. it's the strangest look. Right. It's or, a lot of forehead. Well, and 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 it's one thing to, as a guy, I must say, I don't pay much attention to a woman's eyebrow mm. until they pay too much attention to their own eyebrows. Yeah. And then you look at them and go, why, why do you have a look of wonderment at all, right. all times? And why do we have that strip of hair over our eye? Well, isn't it to, like, protect... From sweat coming down into our eye oh, and all the time. I mean, I guess it serves a purpose, right? And, uh, yeah. Like eyelashes, I think, more about protecting from light. Hmm. Yeah, it's like nose hair, right? It stops from things getting up there. Right. Outside of your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you, uh, I, and I guess, uh, it, it, people, well, no, I was going to say, uh, when men go bald, it's mostly at that crown, but, no, a lot of people get the receding as well. So and different patches go in different yeah. spots. Yeah, and I've also heard that's also follows along the lines of uh, your your parents that if your dad was bald. But then I've also heard like it skips a generation. I heard that as well. So if your dad had a whole head of hair, but your grandfather didn't, you you might follow in your grandfather's footsteps. Right. So, listen, I've said it many times. The only thing I got going for me, <laughs> the only thing, and it's not a joke. <laughs> I think I got a great head of hair. <laughs> and, and, and it does, and it seems to be growing faster. Okay. Seem to have to get it cut more. Right. I gotta go get a haircut. Uh, maybe I'll go get a haircut today. I don't have that same issue. I've got hair growing in other places. <laughs> well, that's a problem for me too. <laughs> that, that the hairdresser seems to take more time on my eyebrows and ears <laughs> than he ever did on the top of my head. I don't remember ever having to ask a, a barber or a hairdresser to uh, trim my eyebrows. Right. But I do now. Oh yeah. Yeah, they get really swirly. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you the time when I tried to clean it up myself and do it with the razor. And I oh, no, don't do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> took, took like just a little. I went, oh, I'm just going to take a little bit. And I took too much. So I <laughs> then thought, you got to even it out. Well, I got, so now I had like little square boxes. Here's the funniest part of that whole story. 
well, two weeks before Maria even noticed. <laughs> Never looks at me enough to, but I was like waiting for it to grow back in. I was like not looking at anybody directly in the eye and looking down. Oh, it was terrible. Right. And again, I say about how, you know, you notice when I, this was just a little bit of my eyebrow gone mm-hmm. and it made a drastic change. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, one why, night over why, dinner... Why are you doing a Hitler thing over top yeah, of your eyes? That was basically what I turned him into. <laughs> and one night over dinner, she happened to catch a glimpse, and she said, what the hell happened to your eyebrows? <laughs> well, I said it happened like three weeks ago. Thanks for noticing. If you have an Apple phone, if you're an iPhone person, then uh, be aware of this. Apple is updating its operating system on the iPhones, and someone noticed a small but important change. The red end call button is in a different spot now. Instead of the middle at the bottom, it's in the bottom on the right corner, which that, I guess, not a big deal. The problem is, out of habit, if you click where the end call button used to be, you'll hit the FaceTime button. So instead of yelling, screw you, oh, hanging up on yeah. someone. Here's an idea, Apple. Why don't you just get rid of the whole phone feature? <laughs> Nobody calls anybody anymore anyhow. Just or when have... I do, it doesn't work. Yeah. I find that infuriating. So your speaker jammed up with lint or something. I find all these yeah. issues happen. There. I don't... Uh... I mean, I, it's funny. Like, I, I have my phone on Do Not Disturb for a good part. I have it overnight and during the show in the morning and when I'm napping in the afternoon. So for a good part of my day, uh, the, the uh, Do Not Disturb is on. But this is, I guess, it's either just me or we're all this way. We're never happy. So when I, when I go around, uh, get around to taking off the Do Not Disturb, uh, if I have a boatload of things show up, uh, messages and phone calls and text, I get, I get mad. I'm like, <laughs> oh, now I gotta go through all this crap. When I take off do not disturb and there's nothing there, I get upset. Right. Nobody wants to talk to me. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we really live through that device mm-hmm. and it can change your moods. Yeah. Based on, it ringing or not ringing. Yeah. It, it is amazing. I keep getting a voicemail for a guy named Ryan Cooper. And it's some financial place looking for Ryan Cooper. Gotcha. And it must show up every couple of few days. And I, on my voicemail says, hi, it's, it's Craig. Right. Obviously, it's just a, uh, a computer voice. And I just think, where is... Ryan, and he's in some financial trouble. I know I got problems, but same with mail. I have been in this house uh, now uh, since 2015, so going on almost 10 years, and I still get mail for people who used to live there. We do as well. It's been 15 years. They got to be dead (laughs) at this point. Um, And speaking of Apple... This is interesting. I don't know if I ever knew this. Do you know what the I stands for in front of uh, Apple? Like iMac and I this and I that? Uh, I don't think so. Steve Jobs, when he introduced the iMac in 1998, put the I there because it stood for five things. Internet, individual, instruct, inform, inspire. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was just reading something about Steve Jobs. Apparently, he had basically a beer test when he was hiring new employees. A that, beer? A beer test. Like, would he, uh, he would take them out sometimes casually for a walk, or they'd go and sit and have a beer hmm. uh, when he was uh, in some of his interviews 
just to see whether or not it was the type of person he would want to sit and have a beer with. I bet a lot of those people looked at him and thought, I don't want to sit with you and have a beer. Uh, yeah. But I want the job. I'll take the light beer. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, I was at my grocery store yesterday, as I am every day. And uh, I was in my wine kiosk, as I am every day. And uh, I, I walk into the wine kiosk and the uh, the lady that was working there, there's about, I don't know, half a dozen of them that rotate. And I'm glad they rotate because at least they only get me every like six days. Right. Whereas if it was just one woman, she'd see me every day. She'd and know you'd have a problem. Hand me a business card that says, take in a meeting. Anyhow, uh, I, go, I go around the corner and I can't see her. And she's ducked in the corner eating cheese puffs. And she goes, oh, I'm just I got a little, a little package. I want a snack. I go, oh, don't worry. I love cheese puffs. Then I start telling her about my Frank's hot sauce <laughs> and how you should pour them on cheese puffs, but you got to eat them faster. They go soggy. Right. And uh, so then we're talking about that. And I, then I told her about the potato chip in Frank's hot sauce. And then she gave me the greatest idea ever. Okay. Why don't I just develop my own hot sauce potato chip? Right. Start my own Craig's chips. Sure. That all sounds a lot of, like a lot of effort. That is beyond you. You know, I often say that my parents set the bar low and weren't very inspiring. And I don't know what goes on in your house with your kids. The oh, I don't you, inspire them at all. The way you cut down every idea I have hey, makes I me believe I'm, I'm surprised your children get out of bed in the morning. What's it all worth? I didn't poo-poo the idea. You just did. I didn't. I didn't let's say you, it was a bad idea. Let's rewind the tape. Oh, you, you poo-pooed on me. Uh, yeah. No. I I can get motivated to do things. It's right. you who can't get motivated <laughs> to do anything. You're going to start a potato chip company to develop one flavor of yeah. hot sauce potato well, chip. Well, I might go on from there. <laughs> okay. This, well, good on you. I'd, I'd love to see it. I, I didn't say it was no, a bad idea. You didn't say I'd love to see it. You no. said good good luck. Nothing you'd ever do. This comes <laughs> from a guy. Because you this, are the most inspiring person on that end. This, <laughs> Holy this, cow. This coming from a guy who gets excited about expandable pants. Right. So he doesn't have to lose weight. He can just keep wasting it, getting the waistband bigger. I uh, Listen, I'm not saying I'm going to go invent pants and make a company that that's going to design them this, and make them. This coming from a guy who buys golf shoes with a knob on the back so he doesn't have to bend over to tie them right. up. Right. Those are comfortable. By <laughs> the, you are probably, and I'm lazy. You <laughs> might be the laziest human being uh, I've ever call met. Call me when you got your own potato chips. No, I won't. Because... You'll be so far in my rearview mirror, and I'll be so wealthy. And every time you go in the grocery store and see them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, what is it? The end of um, dodgeball? Yeah. <laughs> Just fat, eating Craig's yeah. chips on yeah. the couch, yeah. sweating from the hot sauce. The last person <laughs> I would ever call when this becomes a reality is you. How are we this morning? It is Thursday. Nice little short week. Although it feels, even though we had the Monday off, feels like it's dragging. Right. Yeah. Only at Thursday? Yeah, we're only at Thursday. Uh, One more day to go. Okay. And then I'm gone for a week. Wow. Like a vacation for you. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Off to uh, the sunny south or... Yes, Europe somewhere. Uh, well, well, I got a little place in uh, in the south of France. Okay, I like to uh, get naked and throw beans. <laughs> okay, <laughs> beans. Yeah, that's right. a thing we do. Sure. 
Um, yeah, I got places. I, I got I got little uh, estates all over the uh, yeah. Chateau Ven. Yeah, I just do this as part of my um, out of prison release program. <laughs> this is <laughs> work release. You know, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll. Uh, I don't know what we'll get up to. I think we'll try to play some golf. I get to. Staycation plans? Oh, well, we've got family that has a, a cottage up or in your, uh, your Wasega Beach area. Right. Over around uh, Woodland Beach. So we'll probably uh, take a day or two up there, maybe play some golf up around there. And uh, that'll be about it. Okay. Just get away from you for another week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be good. It'll be fine. It'll be lovely. How was your evening last night? All right. Yeah. Actually, you know, the, the temperature dipped like perfectly. It was really hot during the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then we took Coop for a walk and it dropped right down and like everyone was outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got really busy just walking around. I, uh, I had to go take the old, uh, the old Benz, our old car that we're trying to, trying to unload onto some, uh, some sucker. I mean, some, uh, <laughs> Deserving person. Deserving person. And uh, so every now and then I take it out for a, a drive just to keep it moving, and it needed a little bit of gas. So I, I took it out last night, and when I fired it up, boy, it sounded rough. I was glad I started it up because it seemed to settle down after I uh, drove it for a bit. Gotcha. Threw some gas in, brought it home. My neighbors got two, not one, but two Mercedes in the driveway, and nice-looking ones, <laughs> and and much newer than mine. Um. Uh, but but all um, they all look like mine in that they're small and sporty. They're not like your Mercedes sedan. Gotcha. The compressors. Yeah. Yeah. So I said to him, I said, "Hey, you want a third? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you." As he heard it, just sounding like it wanted to die out in the street. How much gas are you putting in it these days when you when you go out? Oh, more than it's worth. <laughs> Twenty bucks. <laughs> Twenty bucks. Yeah. All right. Well, you have to. First of all, it's up to a buck seventy again. Notice how we're not talking about that at all. They're saying it could be two dollars again by the fall. Jesus. I mean, there used to be a time. This is all we talk about: gas prices and weather. Right. I think we've all come to the point now where we just know we're screwed. Mm. It's it's we're just screwed. Like I drive by, and I it was a buck sixty four yesterday when I threw some in. So luckily I did it yesterday, and then I get up this morning, come to work, and it's a buck seventy. And I think we don't even we don't even blink anymore about no. that. No, I mean there will be a couple of memes blaming blaming Justin Trudeau, like he's the one mm-hmm. changing the price on the gas. No, oh, he goes around pump to pump. Oh, he does. Yeah, station to station, yeah, turning the numbers. That's why Sophie That's can't right. stand him anymore. That's right. Between that and going to the movies all right. the time, <laughs> he's got a lot on his plate. Yeah. I, I I try not to get into politics with people on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, and uh, and when I was in Quebec, there was some some relatives there, not mine, <laughs> pointed, <laughs> are are happily trying to 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 sink him, right? Yeah. Or or in some cases, maybe even outright murder him. I'm not sure. They have a hatred level is huge, and 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 it, it we go through these cycles, and, and it happened. After, you know, eight years of conservative leadership too, mm-hmm. where there's no way Stephen Harper could do anything right again mm-hmm. or Andrew Shear or whoever the hell it was that was going to run that. Um, and Justin Trudeau looked like the perfect replacement for a little while. And then, you know, you get to the point now where, uh, it, it's everything mm-hmm. is tied to him and directly to his fault. And the other guy, 
uh, Poliev all of a sudden seems like he's going to be like like gas prices are going to drop by a dollar the second he takes over. Nothing will change. <laughs> no, not at all. No, no, not at all. It's a race to the middle, and it's- and I've always said that, and that's what you're seeing now. They come in with bright ideas uh, about change and what they can do differently. And then once they're in, it's let's just appease every as many as we can mm-hmm. right down the middle line. And at some point, we'll you know we'll we'll flip our minds as to who's going to run this. Thing. Has he had the gig longer than his old man did? He must have. I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, oh yeah. You know, you look back. I remember being like a big fan of Brian Mulroney, and then not being a big fan of Brian Mulroney, yeah. and and uh, and on and on we go. Uh, it, we've got the situation now with Doug Ford. Yeah, listen, they all come in, they say a lot, they promise a lot, they do nothing, and they grab that pension and leave. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I think for most of them, they look at it and go, "If I can just ride this out for a few years, what is two it? Terms. Two terms. Two terms. I, I get you it. Need seven years to get that pension. Yeah, I'll just ride this out for seven. I'll take the heat. I'll get screamed at and yelled at and thrown tomatoes at." But I'll walk out with an amazing pension in seven years. Right. It's all about the pension. Ah, they don't really care. None, <laughs> none of them really do. I mean, they might go in thinking, you know, okay, I'm I'm going to try to make a change. Then you realize you can't. Right. And you just ride it out. Well, that's it. You, you grandiose ideas are very tough to to mm-hmm. get through. Yeah. And you know, you can't just ram them through necessarily. If you um, if you believe that Pierre Polyev or uh, Mickey Mouse or uh, Joe Schmo is going to make your world better, or if you think Trudeau is still going to make your world better, you're wrong. (laughs) You have to make your world better. Right. You have to do for you and your family. Or become really good friends with them, a la Doug Ford, and then you can get a lot of land. (laughs) Get some land. Build a house. (laughs) That was what at one point worth nothing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And all of a sudden, and that's an amazing turn of events. Mm -hmm. Not that it's really a turn of events. I think we all knew that there was some shady crap going on underneath the surface there. And and to hear it come out, 14 out of 15 developers who bought land in the green belt were tipped off. Mm. Well, they were in his backyard eating his sausage. Exactly. And they, they, they knew. And, and Doug Ford knew all along that that was the case. It's not like it was a surprise like, mm-hmm. that the, the news that came out yesterday from the Auditor General. He knew what was happening. The guy they're throwing under the bus now seems like it's the, the housing minister's, um, like, chief of staff or something mm-hmm. like that. He's the one that tipped everybody off and they knew nothing about it. You know, I look fondly back to easier days when Doug Ford's crazy daughter was screaming about vaccines. <laughs> Seemed like an easier time. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.